السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والصلاة والسلام على أشرف المرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد. Firstly, a question to everyone. What Islamic month are we in? Rajab. What is Rajab? Rajab is the seventh month of Islamic calendar mm -hmm. and it's one of the four holiest months in Islam. Holiest? Yeah, I mean, sacred month. Sacred. Haram. Shahrun Haram. This is sacred month. So we are in the month of Rajab. This is a sacred month. Um, it has sacredness that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states in the Quran. When Allah created the heavens and, and the earth, He decreed that there would be 12 months in a year, lunar months. And then he says, Out of those 12 months, there are four that are sacred. Do not do yourselves injustice in these four months. And so, um, the ulama, and actually Rasulullah mentioned in the hadith, that we know that Dhul-Qa'da, Dhul-Hijjah, and Muharram, Three consecutive months are sacred. Muharram, Dhul Qa'da, Dhul Hijjah. These were prescribed by Allah Subhanahu wa Taala in order to. Obviously, um, we're talking about a past age where there was a lot of war and conflict and feuds between people, and so in these months, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala ensured the security so that people can perform Hajj. They can travel to Mecca, perform Hajj, and travel back. This is one. And then the month of Rajab. The month of Rajab, some ulama state that this was decreed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that people can also have a time in the year when they can perform Umrah and not be concerned about conflict and wars that are taking place. Anyway, it is a sacred month, and the first instruction of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. And that we are not to do ourselves injustice. So when a month is sacred, the good deeds that are performed in that month, the reward for them are multiplied, but the sins that are committed in that month are also multiplied. And the instruction of Allah, it is always, and we say this time and time again, it is far better to avoid sin than to do voluntary deeds. Far greater, far better. Avoid sin than to do voluntary deeds. Obviously, obligations, uh, as a Muslim, you have to fulfill your, your obligation. But to avoid sinning, um, Rasulullah said uh, that refrain from sin and you will be the most righteous of people or the most saintly of people. <laughs> Stay away from what is forbidden, and you will be what? The most pious of people. The reason for this, what is the reason for this? 
why can't I just commit those little sins and then make it up with voluntary deeds? The smaller sins may lead to bigger sins. I know it's Saturday and it's been a long week and it's cold outside. <laughs> Think about it, contemplate. Yeah, but I can displease Allah and then please Him. You know, so commit a sin and then give some sadaqah. Allah, He wants to see who believes 100%. It's far more difficult to give up sin because of your desire. The nafs. You know, in, in, in doing a good deed, when you give charity, you benefit. You benefit or you don't. You feel good. You've done a good thing. So there is some benefit in it for you. That you know and you perceive. Yeah? And you're doing it obviously for, for Allah. But there is benefit for you. When you give up sin, it's very difficult. Because you're giving up what you desire for Allah. Whereas in worship, you are doing what you desire and what Allah desires. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informs us in a hadith Qudsi that if you want to get close to Allah, then you've got to fulfill the obligations. And part of fulfilling the obligations is to stay away from sin. And so Allah says, وَأَمَّا مَنْ خَافَ مَقَامَ رَبِّهِ وَنَحَنْ نَفْسَ عَنِ الْهَوَى فَإِنَّ الْجَنَّةَ هِيَ الْمَعْوَانِ The one who fears standing before his Lord and deprives his nafs from what it desires will enter paradise. He didn't say anything about praying and fasting and zakat because that that all comes under fearing your Lord. And so if you can stay away from sin because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded it, then obviously you are going to do the, the obligations. It does not make sense that you sacrifice what you desire and then you don't pray and you don't fast or you don't pay your zakat or you don't go for hajj. When this is you struggling and dealing with, um, and so we should uh, stay focused on this, inshallah, in this month, and it's actually preparation for the month of Ramadan. Right? Because many of us, you know, we don't really prepare before Ramadan. What happens is Ramadan comes along, and we still, you know, indulge in those. And I'm not talking about major sin, I'm talking about those futile little, you know, little in comparison to major sins that we do out of habit and you know, there is no, no true benefit in this world for it. And then we lose out reward. We lose out because our fast is, you know, just like Salah, everybody fasts physically. But spiritually, who is gaining? Only the person who fasts with his entire body, with his mind, with his soul, right? And the one that fast with his belly and his private parts, that person, okay, they gain reward, inshallah, and perhaps some of them do not even gain reward at all. Rasulullah said, That many people will fast 
And they gain nothing from their fast, except for hunger and thirst. Maybe they lose some weight. <laughs> but spiritually they gain nothing. In Akhirah they gain nothing. And so my brothers and sisters, you know, only Allah Taala knows whether we are going to live to see Ramadan. But we hope in His mercy that He will allow us to live. And so we need to start preparing. This is the time of the year that, you know, the gates of paradise are opened wide. The gates of hellfire are closed. And Allah helps us by chaining up the shayateen. And then you have the last ten nights and you have Laylatul Qadr. And you have that Allah grants you the reward of a faridah if you do a voluntary deed. The Umrah in Ramadan is like a hajj with Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Accepted hajj. Right. And then the reward of the, the faridah is multiplied so your salah in Ramadan is better than your salah outside of Ramadan. Your fast in Ramadan is greater and better than your fast outside. And so we have to commit. You cannot be, you cannot be uh, serious about a relationship with Allah and about the Akhirah if we don't prepare ourselves, at least mentally. At the very least, even if we're not physically doing anything, but in my mind, I know Ramadan is coming up and I need to make changes. And I need to strive. We, we can't be, have, have less motivation than the people of dunya. In October and November, they were talking about, you know, uh, businesses were talking about, what's it called? The, the, um, winter period and the Christmas period and all of this concern and discussion and what have you. Why? Because that's the time of the year where they make the most profit. And if that, if they miss that, then it's gone. They have to go wait until the next one. And they were saying how many businesses survive just through that. And so, you know, somebody is working for their dunya that is temporary and they're so focused and they know this time is coming and so they start preparing for it two, three months in advance. And the one who is planning for Akhirah eternally is just relaxed. Yeah, inshallah, no problem. Faisal Imanu bi Tamanni, says, wishing well is not good enough. You have to have firm intention. And if Allah sees firm intention, then Allah grants the ability. You don't have firm intention, then Allah doesn't give you. A Sahabi radiallahu anhu says, you know, I often recall this, that he says, me and a friend, another Sahabi, they were in a battle. And so just before the battle, they said, you know, let us make dua. So one Sahabi raised his hand and said, Ya Allah, let me meet one of your fierce enemies, strong. And I, I, I fight with him and you grant me strength over him. And I overpower him and I, for your sake. And so... His, his friend said, Amin. And then he raised it. He said, Okay, now your turn. And he's, he asked Allah and he said, Ya Allah, let me meet also a strong opponent and a fierce enemy of yours. That I fight with him and I become a martyr. Not only that, I want him to mutilate my body so that when I stand on the day of Qiyam and I am asked, What did I do? I am able to present this before you. And so the Sahabi was amazed at the 
what he asked for. Right? And he said, at the end of the battle, I went looking for him, and I found the person had been what? Martyred, the Sahabi had been martyred and mutilated. And so firm intention Allah will give you. Doesn't cost Allah anything. But we have to be serious. Because what, what will come after death? It's eternal. You know, there's no going back. There's no changing of that. Yes, ultimately we all hope to be in the mercy and rahmah of Allah eventually. But until then, until Allah decides to spare us, or when Allah decides to spare us, you will know, be in difficulty. And it's not even just entering hellfire. You know, we think about Allah absolutely says the one who is saved from hellfire is successful, but you don't want to go through the difficulties, the pangs of death, the difficult questioning on, in, in the grave. You don't want to have to wait for long and stand and and be afraid and fear on the day of Qiyamah. There are people who will go straight from, from the grave to the gates of paradise. No hisab, no questioning, no waiting, nothing. Immediate, from their grave, straight to paradise. Why is it in this world that we want the best? And when it comes to Akhirah, like one of my teachers used to say, we're happy with one bedroom flat. <laughs> the lowest. Ah, brother, if I get that ten times the world and everything it contains, that should suffice. Because we have not actually believed in Akhirah. We know Akhirah, it's in our mind. But we don't truly believe. Anyway, uh, so uh, in relation to the month of Rajab, this is a sacred month. And so we should uh, start making preparation. There are some ahadith about special worship and what have you, but they are not strong ahadith. Um, but when Rasulullah was asked about Sha'ban and why he would fast the majority of Sha'ban, he said, it is a month that falls between Rajab and Ramadan, and most people are forgetful of it or neglectful of it. This is about Sha'ban. So people knew the greatness of Rajab because it is a sacred, a sacred month. Anyway, that was a, just a, an opening. الكبيرة الرابعة والأربعون كبيرة number 44 اللعان كاسم قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم سباب المسلم فسوق to insult a Muslim is a sin وقتاله كفر and to fight physically fight with a Muslim is an act of disbelief. وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لعن المؤمن كقتله Cursing a believer is equivalent to killing him. And so cursing here does not mean swearing. Swearing at, uh, you know, using foul language directed at your Muslim brother or sister is a sin. Cursing is a level more than that. What is, you know, when you say, لعن, لعنة الله عليك, for example. Actually, we should not curse anyone or anything. So if you say لعن, what does cursing mean? Who is cursed? Who, whom do you know? Huh? Shaitan is cursed. What does that mean? 
will be said of a regime removed from the mercy of Allah. Has no access to the mercy of Allah. Never. And so Fir'aun is Mal'oon. And Qarun is Mal'oon. And those who disbelieve from the children of Bani Israel. They were cursed by Dawood and they were cursed by Isa, son of Maryam. Those who disbelieved in their messengers. Right? And so curse, cursing someone means, and this is why it's a major sin, because number one, you're not aware of the decision of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the mercy of Allah is in the control of Allah only. No one, no one has any claim to it. Even Rasulullah did not have a claim to it. It is exclusive to Allah. What you are permitted to say, uh, as the, the author will, will, will uh, Imam Zahbi will mention, is that, yes, you can generalize and say, لَعْنَةُ اللَّهِ May the curse of Allah be on the unjust. لَعْنَةُ اللَّهِ For example, the curse of Allah be on the openly sinful. May the curse of Allah be on the liars. But do not direct it to anyone, any individual. Because if you do that, it is a major sin. And it is equivalent to killing that person. Also, Rasulullah said, Those who indulge in cursing, Others will not be intercessors. Allah will not accept their intercession. And there will not be witnesses on the day of Qiyamah. And so everybody that is granted paralyze and is righteous will intercede. Because Rasulullah informs us that there will come a point where the Anbiya have interceded and the angels have interceded and the righteous believers have interceded and only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will remain and he will take out the last portion of people from hellfire, those who had never done any good in their life other than believe. Also It is not appropriate, it is not befitting for a firm believer. Siddiq is what? A firm believer. It comes from Siddiq, truthful. A firm believer. It is not befitting for a firm believer to curse others. Rasulullah also stated, إِنَّ الْعَبْدَ إِذَا لَعَنَ شَيْئًا صَعِدَةٍ لَعْنَةُ إِلَى السَّمَاءِ To some of you, this may find, they may find this, for example, English-speaking brothers and sisters, and they will not fully understand this concept because it's not in the culture. Okay? Don't say, may the curse of Allah be upon you. But it's very common in our languages. You know, the languages that have, that have been associated with Islam for a long time. We won't call it Muslim languages because there's no such thing. All languages belong to Allah. Yes, Arabic is exclusively chosen by Allah to be the language of the Quran. But all languages belong to Allah. But yes, in, in the Arabic, la'an comes out very easily. 
Or the language I know it does. How about your Afghani language? Is it called? Yes. Is it? Yeah, Lanat yes. is used a lot. Used a lot. And so I think any language that has been uh, associated with, with Islam for a long time uh, has this component um, of cursing. And so Rasulullah says in, in his hadith, in When a person curses something or someone, the curse, because the curse is what? Is a dua against a person. It's a dua against a person. May you be removed from the mercy of Allah. And so you're making a dua against someone. And that dua does what? It ascends to the, to the heaven. فَتُغْلَقُوا أَبْوَابُ السَّمَاءِ دُونَهَا but the, the gates of the heaven are closed, and that does not ascend to Allah It's not accepted by Allah. And then it returns to earth. It, it seeks to sink into the earth, but it is not allowed to do so. And so what happens essentially is that curse remains what? It hovers in the earth. How? Allah knows. Okay. Is it a metaphor? Possible. But these are the words of Rasulullah And so your curse will not go anywhere. Meaning it does not go into the heavens and cannot go below the earth. It begins to travel left and right. Right and left. Seeking to Find the destination. فَإِذَا لَمْ تَجِدْ مَسَاغًا رَجَعَتْ إِلَى الَّذِي لُعِنْ So when it finds no place to go, it goes to the one that was cursed. The one that was cursed. فَإِنْ كَانَ لِذَلِكَ أَهْلًا وَإِلَّا رَجَعَتْ إِلَى قَائِلِهَا If that person deserves the curse, then it remains with him. And so it is applied. If not, then it returns to the one who uttered the words. Similar uh, description of what, what Rasulullah said about telling a Muslim that you are a kafir. If he says to somebody, you are a kafir, then Rasulullah said, one of the two is kafir. Either your statement is correct, and that person has actually committed an act that has taken them out of the fold of Islam, and so there is no harm on you, Or it returns to you if that person is in fact a believer and they have not done anything to deserve that uh, statement or that insult, it returns to you and then you become a Kafir. Likewise is the curse. And so this should not be taken lightly. Imran ibn Hussain radiallahu anhu says, So people had the, the custom of, you know, if something went wrong, they would curse you know, their, their own belongings, you know, their animals, mounting animals, or their home, or their business, or their wealth, or their children. It's very common, at least in my culture, curse of children, very common. And so a mother does not, you know, she doesn't mean it, but there are certain things that when they come out of your mouth, you cannot take them back. 
And so she doesn't mean in, in that moment of anger, okay, the mother or the father is hurt, and they utter words, and if the son is, the, the child, son or daughter, is deserving of that curse, they have done something against their parents, and they have wronged their parents, then the curse will apply. And as a consequence, that person will suffer in this life. And what often happens is that their parents suffer with them. And so actually, you are indirectly making your own life difficult. Because you're never going to be able to see a child going through suffering. And so Islam says, don't curse your child. If you want to say something, and I have, I have seen this, you know, if, if you are in the company of righteous people, people who are aware, when you've wronged them, the words that come to, to their mouth is, not like I do. There's a famous story about Sheikh Sidesan. I don't know if any of you have, have heard this. No? Yes. Yes? Yes. Sheikh Sidesan. No, Sheikh Sidesan. Abdurrahman Sidesan, the Imam of the house. He said that was a. That, that is the story that is said. That he was a uh, naughty child. And so he called his mom son when he was young. He said once he. They had some guests coming, and his mom was cooking food and preparing, what have you. And, you know, honoring the guests in Arab culture and Islam. So, because I just, he went out and took some sand and put it in the pot. And she was so angry. But she prayed for him. She prayed for him that Allah makes him the Imam of the Haram. Why? Because Allah knows that you, you are hurt, but despite that, you are making dua for a person. And we know that if you ask for guidance for your Muslim brother or sister, then there is an angel that always says, May you have the same. And the dua of the angel is accepted. And so if you have to say something, then say, May Allah guide you. And at times, <laughs> if, even that is a problem. Because some people take it in a bad way and they say, what, what, what does that mean? <laughs> not guided. <laughs> what am I doing <laughs> to be guided? Am I not guided? And so the best phrase is, may Allah guide us. And it's a matter of habit. If you make it a habit, then, it, okay, in the beginning you have to teach yourself to do it, and then it becomes a habit, and so we avoid harming and hurting ourselves, and we gain instead of losing. Yeah, no, 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 no. So, Imran ibn Hussain says that once we were traveling with Rasulullah and a woman from the Ansar was on, on a on a camel, a woman of the Ansar riding a camel. Uh, the camel annoyed this woman, and so she cursed it. He said, no, I curse you, or something along those lines. فَلَعَنَتْهَا فَسَمِعَ ذَلِكَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ. Rasulullah heard it, 
He said, خُذُونَ عَلَيْهَا وَدَعُوهَا He said, remove, remove uh, what is on that camel and allow it to go free, for it is cursed. As if something is cursed, it's going to harm you. And so you have to cut ties with it. Question. Yes. 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 It is not entitled to the mercy of Allah. And the reason for it is that it is a, a distraction from the worship of Allah. So wealth in itself is not something bad. But when it distracts a person from Allah and you know, if it's not cursed, what is it? When you have brothers and sisters breaking ties because of wealth and inheritance. And husband and wife breaking marriage because of wealth. Those who are ruling, oppressing those who are ruled because of wealth. The rich, oppressing the poor because of wealth. And so if it is not cursed. So in, in the majority of cases. But there are cases where, Rasulullah said, نِعْمَ الْمَالُ الصَّالِحُ لِلْرَجُلِ الصَّالِحُ That good wealth for the righteous person is a means of blessing. Also, Rasulullah stated, in the riba, the most despicable form of riba, or the highest form of riba. And so we know riba is, is a major sin. We've, we've talked about riba usually. He said, to extend your tongue to the honor of your Muslim brother. This is considered what? The worst of riba. And so a person who indulges in riba is what is at war with Allah and his messenger. Likewise, the person who dishonors another Muslim, the Muslim who dishonors another Muslim is what? At war with Allah and his messenger. Because you are you are supposed to be brothers in faith, brothers and sisters in faith, Allah says. Allah says, إِنَّمَا وَلِيُّكُمُ اللَّهُ You are friends to one another, supporters of one another. إِنَّمَا وَلِيُّكُمُ اللَّهُ وَرَسُولُهُ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا And then he says, um, it is permissible to uh, curse in general terms um, without specifying, uh, for example, saying that لَعْنَةُ اللَّهِ عَلَى الظَّالِمِينَ or And there are clear hadith of Rasulullah where he has invoked the curse of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on certain people. And this is actually the section that I wanted to, to focus on. Because this refers to everyone. It relates to everyone. The matter of cursing, not, not everybody has that habit. And perhaps we are moving away from that. And the younger generations don't even understand it anymore. <laughs> 
and hopefully it will, it will not remain. Uh, but look at, uh, the author then starts to specify the people that have been uh, cursed by Rasulullah and we'll mention them uh, and go through it. The one who consumes riba, and the one who pays riba, and those who witness it, and the one who records it. So anyone that is involved with riba is cursed. That the one, the muhallil and the muhallal lahu are cursed. Muhallil is a person who has given his wife three divorces. And so he cannot go back to her unless she marries somebody else. But he wants to return to his wife. So what he does is he finds a person who, whom he makes a, an agreement with and he says, you marry my wife and then you divorce her. And actually, there has to be marital relations, and so you marry my wife, and then you divorce her, and then I will be entitled to, to marry her again. And so he makes an arrangement of this sort. The person who makes the arrangement is cursed. The one who acts out the arrangement is also cursed by Rasulullah Rasulullah also said, Although Allah, uh, Allah's Messenger in this hadith mentions the female, this relates to the male as well. And so, Al-Masulah is the woman who gets what? Hair extensions. Whether those are you know, real human hair or synthetic hair, doesn't matter. Hair extensions are haram. It is a major sin because Rasulullah has cursed the person who gets it done, and the person who provides the service. And this is the same for the man. Washim is tattoo. So it is marking of the body in a way that that mark will remain. Hanna and things of that sort, permissible. But something that is permanent is haram. And so the one who gets tattooed is cursed, and the one who is providing the service is cursed. Right? Plucking of the eyebrows specifically. Right? And so filling out eyebrows and all of that nonsense. So the person who gets it done, and the person who is providing the service. Orcast. And unfortunately now this extends to men. We know this, right? It's, it's become the norm. You know, once upon a time we used to make fun of people. And then if, if they did that, we said, oh, come on, how's that? You know, it's okay. As in like society said it's okay for women because you know they have to beautify themselves. Men don't need to go to that extent. And now it is permissible uh, to reduce to reduce if a person has growth that is more than ordinary. But this will only be like you know, 5% maybe of humans that will have that. Okay, so if you have the, the one grow, whatever it's called. 
Okay, but if, if, if the eyebrows are extremely thick. And those who create gaps between their teeth for beauty. This was once upon a time seen as uh, a sort of uh, a sign of beauty, you know, having um, a gap between the two front teeth. Actually, Rasulullah had that, but naturally, and, and yeah. What's how he did it out of his love for Rasulullah? And the reason for this is that Rasulullah says, it is done for beautification. And the reason for the curse is changing the creation of Allah. Allah created you. Certain things he permitted. Your hair, he said, cut it the way you want. As long as you are not, you know, shaving one part and leaving the other. Do what you want with your hair. Right? Your beard, if it gets too long, cut it. Your mustache, do what you want. Your nails, cut, cut them. Allah has permitted. He gave you that body. You know, it's not, this is the idea, it's my body. This is the, the problem that we have now. It's my life, it's my body, it's my wealth. I do as I please. That is not the case. The life is Allah's. The wealth is Allah's. The body is Allah's. Everything you have is Allah's. As a believer, as a Muslim. And so you don't get to do what you want with your body. You don't get to dress how you want. Sharia puts limitation. But in... In all of that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, يُرِيدُ اللَّهُ أَنْ يُخَفِّفَ عَنْكُمْ Allah wants to lighten your burden. He wants to make your life easy. Not difficult. What does Allah gain from, you know, you pluck your eyebrows or you don't. You take riba or you don't. Right? You consume alcohol or you don't. It doesn't harm him. Allah says, this is the truth from your Lord. Those who wait, if you wish, believe it. You don't wish, don't believe it. Anyone who sins only sins against his own self or her own self. And so these are, you know, we should not minimize anything, any sin where we have the warning of the curse of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Don't minimize that sin. That sin should be seen as a big sin. Okay, if you're doing it and you know out of weakness or whatever, that's your problem. Don't justify it. Don't justify, don't make excuses for it. Accept it is a sin. And ask forgiveness from Allah and ask Allah the ability to do what to stop it at some point. That is a better position than doing what justifying. Oh no, this is the, for this reason, for that reason, that would have this scholar. This shaykh, this is not what I mean. Yeah. This is all falsehood. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made truth very clear. In the halal abayin, halal is clear. And haram is clear. And so yeah, there, there are things that are ambiguous and people won't know and you have to search and ask and maybe there is a difference of opinion. But on haram is very clear. The statement of Rasulullah Okay. To continue. Huh? Yes, yes, even the even even the ambiguous are we're supposed to refrain from doubtful matters. Okay. And he says, uh, uh, 
Saliqah is the woman who screams very loudly in the face of a calamity. One is crying, which is natural to both men and women, you know, death, bereavement, and things of that sort. But one is doing it for show. Yeah? That it's, it's actually, to, 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 it, it's not real, it's, uh, what is it called, drama. And we have this in our cultures. We, have right? we definitely have it in Morocco, an Arab culture actually, across across the board, Arab culture. The wailing, as Hassan said, the woman who wails is good. And the funny thing is, in, in, in these gatherings where somebody dies and they invite people and what have you, the women that wail, they're not closely related to the deceased. And there are some that are paid to wail. That's their fun yes, it's their function. They are paid to come, that's their job. They wail. So, that, uh, whether that is done by a man or a woman, you know, the reason that Rasulullah uses, uh, specifies women, because this is generally something that, والحالقه, and the woman that shaves her head because of a calamity, completely shaves. What is cutting your hair is different matter. What is you shave? Okay. Cutting your hair is permissible. Shaving, it is not permissible for a woman to cut her hair uh, according to the style of the styles of men. Obviously, we all know that, right? A man cut is not permissible for a Muslim woman. Anything other than that. Although it is it is debatable, but the shave it No, you can't shave. If Rasulullah says you do not shave, you don't shave. Unless there is a, you know, a medical reason for that. Okay. I don't think shaving fixes anything. I tried it. Okay. Al-Haliqa. Hiya lati tahliqu sha'araha inda al-musibah. Somebody dies, shaves her head. This was very common in Jahiliyyah. And a sharqa, the one who, uh, the woman who tears her clothes at the time of a calamity. Also, the Rasulullah cursed uh, those who uh, draw the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Those who draw the creation of Allah. Imitating what Allah, because Allah is al-musawwir. Yes, it is Allah who is al-musawwir. Now, in terms of photos, we quickly say this. In terms of photos, there is a, a difference of opinion among scholars about whether photos are permissible or not. Okay, human photos, or, or animal, or any living being. One is you drawing, one is, you know, something that you capture with a tool or a device. And so, well, some are strict and say, actually, you know, anything, any photo, of any kind is haram. And this is probably the safest. Yes. Then you don't have to worry, khalas, you don't need photo. They say you should only take photographs for necessity. Passport, driver's license, identity, this, that, what have you. But then you're gonna have a massive problem because you know, you've got <laughs> mashayikh all over YouTube, you've got aimma all over YouTube, and this is essentially what 
multiple photos, right? Yeah. That's how it's been calling it now. Others say no. Actually, the reason the Musawwirin are cursed, and there's this warning, is because you are imitating the creation of Allah. Whereas a photo mirrors the creation of Allah. And so just like when you go and stand in front of a mirror, you're not, you're not making that. This is the creation of Allah. You're just reflecting that. And so these devices are doing what? They are reflecting the what? The actual image that Allah has given. So they are not seeking to, to change. But then you have a problem. You know, all of this, um, I, I don't know what they call them, that you have on Snapchat. Emoji, not the, not the emojis, huh? Not the photos. Filters. Filters. The filters. Okay. Oh, did you say filters? Yeah. Apologies. Okay. <laughs> okay, filters. And so filters, you know, if you've got flowers on your head or a crown or whatever, it's okay. But I don't see why people find it amusing to have a photo taken with a dog's <laughs> Tongue, you know, rabbit's ears or cat's ears. Or, so this is dangerous. And yeah, it's dangerous. Okay, I'm not gonna say like you know whatever, but that that is dangerous. So a person should not do that. Okay, it can be understood if, if a child played with it or something like that. It might be amusing for them, but as an adult, <laughs> what are you doing? You wishing that Allah created you as it's a dog, right? And you put it on your profile and you send it to people and right? and Allah created you in, he says uh, We created mankind in the best form and you go and change that form and you're laughing about it now. Okay, so uh, please bear this in mind inshallah. Mm. Uh, you mentioned drawing the creations of Allah. What about drawing like trees and things? They're also creations of Allah. I mean, does that also come No, the crea living creation of Allah. Is that Allah for yeah? Living beings. So drawing living beings. We know that, um, I think, uh, so that had, there was, there was, he saw a curtain. And so he saw that, that the curtain had what? Had uh, uh, an image of a person. And so he said, remove the head. So, you know, once, yeah, that's it. And so if you remove some parts and it's no longer, you know, the, the actual form of a human being, then uh, living, living beings, right, should not draw them. Not draw them, don't get portraits done. And so people don't think about this, right? You're walking around central London, oh, somebody's just drawing portraits and you just stand there and you think, oh, that's a nice thing to have and, you know, create a memory. You just, you are accomplice to um, this. Because, you know, Musawwir is a name of Allah. Allah does not allow anyone to extend, right? Don't extend to, 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 to the attributes of, of Allah subhanahu wa Just like Allah is a mutakabbir. And he says, if you have pride, you don't enter paradise. Also, Rasulullah stated in a hadith, may, may the curse of Allah be on the one who curses his parents. 
And also Allah, Allah's Messenger said uh, that may the curse of Allah be on the one who insults his mother, who swears at his mother, uses foul language against his mother. لَعَنَ اللَّهُ مَنْ أَضَلَّ أَعْمَى عَنِ الطَّرِيقِ May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala curse the person who misleads a blind person. Like only somebody, you know, very even would do that. Other people that are cursed. مَنْ أَتَى كَاهِنًا The person who goes to a fortune teller. كَاهِنًا who tells you what is going to happen in the future. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Rasulullah cursed the person who leads people in prayer and people are not pleased with him as an imam or do not want him leading them in prayer. A woman that has wronged her husband and her husband goes to bed um, angry with her. So this is what, and we should not use this as blackmail. Whereas, whereas it is in the case of the relationship of husband and wife, or the relationship of children and their parents. If you don't do this, I'm going to make the bad dua against you. What right do you have? And if you can do it all you want, it's just going to return to you. It's not going to harm them if they are not deserving of it. And so because the husband is the authority for, for the wife, if she has done something wrong, then she should apologize. And in, in general, Rasulullah um, discourages that husband and wife go to bed with, with, with a problem. Yes? I think that um, if the husband goes uh, angry and She is cursed by the angels until yeah. the morning. Yeah. But that is if, if she has done something terribly like, wrong. So it has to be justified. I can see some eyebrows raised. <laughs> like I said, don't use this. Because right? <laughs> just get thrown in your face. <laughs> That's the reality. But it's a warning. It's a warning of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. On the other side, Rasulullah says, when husband and wife fight uh, or have, uh, you know, an argument or quarrel or what have you, and then they forgive one another. He says, when they forgive. One another. And so it's not what Rasulullah said, but clearly what it means is that both have to kind of come down. Yeah. Then Allah forgives all their previous sins. Again, don't use it as an excuse to pick fights for the reason. You're not tricking Allah, right? Oh, MIT. have a fight, right? Okay. Also, the person who hears the adhan, the call for prayer and the call for success, and does not answer it. That person has been cursed by Rasulullah. And the one who sacrifices for other than Allah. This is again common in our cultures. People go to the uh, saints' graves, the mazars, or whatever you want to call them, the shrines. Uh, and then they sacrifice there. Right? And they go to the black magic and they see, I'm going to get it burnt. And those people, and so those people are saints, absolutely, but they're dead. And they, can't, they can't benefit you and they cannot harm you. 
That's it. They're, they're, they're with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah? Yes. Yeah. It is a shirk. Azazim also cast the thief. And this is the thief that steals uh, not out of necessity. The one who curses Sahaba is cursed. Yeah. One, one type. Anyone who curses a Sahabi is cursed. Allah's Messenger cursed the men that imitate women. Huh? Yes. Insulting Sahaba. No, he's only he's not mentioning the ahadith, he's just mentioning the the, the, the summary of, of the ahadith. Right? And he says, person who relieves himself on, on, on the road and on people's paths. That culture is common in some of the countries. Mm. <laughs> yeah, also curse the person who creates who creates friction between husband and wife by doing that, going to the wife and just the Namam, right? We looked at this, I think, last week. The Mima. The tail bearing. There's a funny story about this. Uh, somebody went to, you know, in the past, where slave trade was still around in the world. And so a person went to buy a slave. And so somebody said to him, um, and, and he found the slave. And the price of that slave was quite low, you know, he, he was making a good deal. He said, what's wrong with him? He said, well, the, the one who's selling, he said, there's nothing wrong, but, you know, he, he's an imam. He takes stories from here to there, from there to here, and he causes problems. So, he didn't think anything of it. Okay, you know, he's not stealing, you know, he's not going to kill me. He's just talking and gossip. And so he bought him and went home. And so, when he got home, after some days, he went to the wife of his master. And he said to the wife, he said, you know, you, you've been so good to me, and you've been so kind to me, and I've, I've come to know of something, and I have to inform you. She said, why is that? And he said, your husband is going to marry another woman. But I can help you. She said, how? He said, if you take a few hairs from his beard, 
with the with the razor. Take a few hairs of your beard and you keep them with you, then he will not be able to get married. You know, some sort of spell. That might be. So the woman said, Well, that's that's easy. And they sleep. Take a few. He went to the husband. He said, you have been good to me. It's my duty to inform you. He said, what is it? He said, your wife is going to murder you. Tonight. Allah is dying. She's decided that she's going to murder you. He said, how? I have a loving wife. He said, well, I know things. <laughs> and so, night came. The husband went to bed, pretending to be asleep. The wife comes with a blade. <laughs> so he doesn't, you know, first he says, no, I will do it. And then she tells you, it's going to be it. My wife is going to kill me. The love is done. But when she comes close to his neck, <laughs> what does he do? He about He's got a knife prepared under the pillow. Oh, wow. He stabs his knife, his wife. In self-defense. And so he kills the wife. The family of the wife find out and they kill him. So both die. <laughs> As a result of what? Slave is free. Gossip. Or tail bearing. And so Rasulullah says that Allah uh, Somebody that I'm not finding the words in English. Uh, the one who reports. Huh? Reporting. No. Turn against. Yes. Turns a wife against her husband. This is the, but there is a word for it. Instigate. Huh? Instigate. Instigate. Yeah, maybe instigate. And so the wife is is living okay. The husband is living okay. There's no problem, right? But and usually this is out of jealousy and hatred. People do this because they cannot see you happy. So they come to the wife and you, they don't go to the husband. Why? Because, you know, the wife has emotionally is slightly, she will listen to things. And she, 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 she might doubt, right? And so she'll come and say things. Uh, she or he, anybody, will come to the wife and, you know, Living here, thinking everything. Your husband is doing this, doing that. This is his plan. This is my plan. And if he had said that to me, you know, somebody is, they're going through a difficult time and they're sharing something with you. Listen to it. Be, you know, sympathetic or empathetic or whatever. But don't give advice like, oh, if that was me, you know what I would do. You know what I would do. Don't give that advice because that's not your relationship. And so you're just becoming a shaitan. Your duty is to calm that person down, and if there is real concern, then say, oh, go and speak to somebody that can, you know, somebody who's professional that can help you. You know, a counselor, go and speak to your GP. You know, if there's crime, speak to the police. But don't make things like, you know, and think that you're helping them. You're not helping them. Because they, go, they are in a vulnerable situation. If they were in control of the situation, they would not inform you. I said they've dealt with it. They know what to do. They know what to say. They've dealt with the matter. 
So they're not going to come to you for advice. When they come to you, they're in a vulnerable, they're confused. They need, they need guidance, they need advice. And so what you say, they're going to take it literally and act on it. But if you say something good... And if you say something good, then it will be beneficial for you. Yeah. And, so, and, and so the advice for, for any relationship is don't take people's advice in terms of your relation. Don't take it and apply it. Copy, paste. Does not work? Okay, listen. Speak to this one and this one and this one, this professional, this imam, this sheikh, this sister, this elder, this parent. Speak to them. Listen to all of it and then tailor it to your own relationship, to yourself. Because you know the person you are living with. You know your child. You know your brothers and sisters. You know your parents. You know your spouse. Other people don't. And so they're basing it on their experience. Anyway. لعن الله من أتى لعن الله من أشار إلى أخيه بحديدة الرسول صلى الله عليه cursed the person who points a, a sharp object that is usually used for so a, a knife or or an arrow or a spear uh, who points it to his brother, meaning his brother. Either way. Um, also, Rasulullah cursed the person who does not pay zakah. Rasulullah cursed the person who intasaba ila ghayri abih. person who no the one who claims somebody to be his father who is not no. and this is not just out of respect saying to someone you know like in some cultures you'll say to someone that father or uncle they're not your uncle and there's nothing wrong with that out of respect but to sort of say, your, your name is Usama, son of Abdul Haq, and you say, my name is Usama, son of Muhammad. Rasulullah cursed the person who um, burns an animal um, in its face. Right? You know, marking on the animals is. But, but in the face, not permissible. The one who um, intercedes or the one who asks for intercession in terms when, when it relates to a capital punishment of Sharia of Allah. So, for example, you know, the thief, his hand is cut. And so somebody comes and says, No, no, he didn't steal. I'm a witness. And so, so, so they are preventing what justice, the justice of Allah and the command of Allah. So they are cursed. Also, he cursed the person who uh, refrains from uh, calling to good and forbidding evil if he has the ability to do so. 
And he curses the woman that goes out of her home without permission of her husband. And so the husband generally can, can give a general, you know, general permission. But if he specifies that a woman is not to come out and there is a legitimate reason for it, not just to harm her. <laughs> you can't do that, you know, you're not God. <laughs> okay. But let's say for example, you know, there's danger or, 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 or perceived danger or whatever it is, or he has a need for her or the children need her. And he specifies that, you know, you're not allowed to come out for this period of time or what have you. Don't come out of the house. And so she has to abide by because he's authority. Right? And he's responsible for her protection. And when she steps out of the home, she's no longer in his protection. And so he's entitled to say that you don't come out. But not in a way that harms her. Okay? You know, your wife is, you, you know that your wife is working. You just say, okay, you're not coming out today. Sorry, like, just go back, put your briefcase down. No, okay, there has to be a, a reason for it. Okay? That has to be understood. Um, and, and it's good for, in, in our day and age, especially with, with security and what have you, um, you know, things are generally safe. And so a, a husband should give his wife a general sort of consent Right? That, you know, so that she doesn't fall in this ever. And he, and even if there is, you know, if he, he, he would wish or be, be pleased if, if she didn't go out, but don't, don't, if you know that she, she wants to go somewhere, then don't, because you are invoking the curse of Rasulullah on that woman. So don't put her in that position. Don't put yourself in that position. Because don't go, ha ha, you're cursed by Allah. If she's cursed, you're cursed. Because she's your wife. Right? And she's in your company. And so, you know, you are going to be, obviously not cursed, but you are going to be, like we said, you're going to be harmed by that. Also, um, if a wife uh, sleeps away from her husband, so this is in terms of, you know, she goes to another room away from the, the marital bed. That is not permissible. And it's actually not permissible for the husband as well, by the way. Okay. So that we know. It's not exclusive to the wife. The husband is not permitted to do it unless there is a valid reason. You know, there is you know, something that she is doing wrong and he's trying to speak to her and advise her and, and she's refusing to listen to that. Then, then he is permitted to remove himself from the marital bed but not from the house. Yeah. You can't go out and just get a hotel or stay at your parents. Men do this all the time. They leave their wives on their own, they go and stay with their parents. And so well, why have you done that all? Conflict. Okay, conflict, good. But you're the protector, you're the head of the family. If you're not there, what happens to that family? And what message are you giving your wife? Are you not telling your wife that, oh, you, manage without me. <laughs> Isn't that the case? And so it's not permitted for the man to in conflict, right? In major conflict. He shouldn't. In in wanting to punish his wife or get away from his troubles. Right? Um, and so it's equal to both, but uh, because again the husband is the authority and so if a one uh, a wife does this, then Rasulullah has says that this woman will be, will be cursed. 
if it is unjustified, okay? And again, don't use this against your wife. Never use the the khitab shari. You know, what Rasulullah tells us and what Allah tells us, number one is we have to accept it. Man, woman, doesn't matter. Works for you, against you, you have to accept it. You don't accept only for what works for you and you reject what works against you, right? <clears throat> don't do that. You have to accept that this is the command of Allah. If you don't, if you've got a problem with what Rasulullah says, then you've got an issue with your faith. Nothing wrong with the Sharia. And regardless who it comes from. If your husband is putting it in your face, don't use that as an excuse. If your wife is putting it in your face, don't use that as an excuse. Yes, that is not something advisable. Because especially when there's conflict and what have you, we don't listen. You're angry. And so Allah, his messenger, everything is. And this is this is the nature of the human being. You know, we've mentioned previously, a woman had lost her child and she was crying by by his grave. And Rasul Hassan came just from behind and said, Woman, fear Allah and be patient. And she said, Go away. What do you know? You're not in my position. And so when Rasulullah didn't say anything to him, he didn't stand there and say, What? I'm the messenger of Allah, you go away. No, he realized he's in a difficult, so he left it. He went. But then somebody said to her, It wasn't Rasulullah. So she went and she apologized. I didn't realize, I didn't recognize your voice. And I was in a terrible state. And so he excused that. He didn't say to her, oh, next time. No, he excused that. And so don't use, don't use, you know, we don't have that iman that you're going to say to somebody, oh, Rasulullah said and finished, they're going to stop. Or Allah said and they're going to stop. It's not going to happen. So don't use it in your our conflicts. But essentially, whatever Allah and His Messenger say, it is the truth. You have to accept it. Whether it is for you or against you. Allah subhanahu wa made it very clear in the Quran. He said, That women have the rights that have been given to men. The difference is, men have been made responsible for women. Right? And ultimately, they are going to be judged in relation to that responsibility is not a privilege. You know, like ruling. Ruling is not a privilege. Rasulullah said to Sahabi to be in a position of authority is On the day of Qiyamah, it will be a cause of humiliation and regret. You say, Ya Allah, I wish I didn't have this, this authority. Why? Because everybody else is going to paradise and I'm being questioned. About one, two, three, four, all these people who are under you, and so you're going to be questioned about them. And so, yes, Sharia gives you certain privileges when you are in a position of authority, but don't abuse of them. Yeah. Don't think that you are you know, special because you're the husband, or you're the father, or you're the mother. No. You're not special. Ultimately, we are all going to be judged. But in order for society, for there not to be anarchy in society, and everybody does what they please, there's a hierarchy and there's a sort of authority in place and everybody has to accept that authority. Not because of who that person is, because of Allah has placed them there. And Allah's Messenger has placed them there. So 
if, if somebody is given a position by Allah and his messenger, only a foolish person would reject that. And if you reject that, there's a problem with your faith. Also, Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam cursed certain people that are related um, to uh, drinking of alcohol. Uh, so, yeah, so, uh, oh, sorry, I, I, I passed one. Um, he cursed um, the one who, so Rasulullah cursed uh, the actual the wine itself, the one who drinks it, the one who serves it, the one who asks for it to be served, the one who sells it, the one who buys it, the one who makes it, the one who has it made, the one who carries it, the one to whom it is carried, the one who benefits from its price, and the one who directs others to it. So it's a big no, problem, mean. right? Somebody comes to you and says, where's the bar? <laughs> yeah. oh, where's the pub? Stop. Or taxi people, drop, drop people. Yeah, intention, knowingly, it shouldn't. That's it should not. Avoid. It's different from, you know, uh, uh, often this question comes about dropping somebody off when they're going to drink. You should not do that. What if somebody's okay. working in Sainsbury's or Tesco and Sainsbury's? Yeah, they, 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 don't, they don't work in the wine department. They can't. A Muslim cannot do that. Okay. What, what is a possibility and won't be sort of, uh, will not fall under this? Somebody, let's say for example, you're working you know, as a lorry driver, right? And you're, you're taking merchandise for, I don't know, Tesco or Asda or whatever. And so the percentage of alcohol in that is very small in comparison to the halal. And so in this day and age and in where we are living, ulama have kind of said, okay, you're not, you're not responsible for that if you don't transport it specifically. And secondly, if you're not aware that it's there. You're not aware. But you kind of know that, okay, Tesco sell it, Asda sell it. Because what, you're not going to avoid it completely. It's very difficult to come, avoid haram or... And you touch this and it takes tea. Yeah, that's not permissible. That's not permissible. Yeah. Okay. So but if a person finds themselves in that... Working in that, on a till is not permissible then. Hmm? Working at the till is not permissible. No, you can work at the till. But what if you... Yeah. Someone bring alcohol to you? Don't touch it. You reserve the right, you know, there's a Muslim sister that you know, made a case about this. She asked for the customer to, 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 to scan it. And the customer made, made a big deal out of it. And she won, ultimately. Religious belief. I will not. It's on you. I'm still serving you. You've picked it up all the way from the shelf and got it all the way here. And you're going to take it all the way home. You know, there's no harm in scanning it. And plus, people are, are using self-scan anyway now, right? And they've got these self-checkouts everywhere. You still go to the track as well. You still go to the track as well. So, for that person, is, if, if you are in that situation, build a good relationship with your, with your supervisor, with your team, right? and you just call somebody over. 
and say, sorry, they call people over for prices, don't they? Oh, sorry, how much is this? Oh, so they go and check the price. Same thing. Call a colleague over. Yeah. Age, age verification as well. Yeah. If you charge so the young one is 17 years old, he comes out all mm. So the manager has to come. Yeah, the manager has to come. Uh, there you go. If somebody is under age and they're working at the team, the manager has to come. So, you know, then, then there's, there's you ways around do it. Then you push in someone, even non-Muslim, to do it uh, for you, isn't it? No, you know, they're not doing it for you. No. They're doing it for them. You're saying, I will not take part in it. Not for you. Mm. Somebody had their hand up. So, um, in Jannah, people drink from silver uh, gold goblets and vessels, and they will be drinking wine. How's that possible? How's that possible? Because Allah makes halal what He wants in Jannah. But the wine of the wine of paradise, Allah already described it and said, it is not like the wine of this world. Headache. Yeah. No headache. It is not like, just like, you know, men will be wearing gold in paradise, it's not permissible in this world. Yeah. Um, I'm cursed homosexuals. The one who disbelieves in the death, uh, the qadr of Allah, we looked at this recently. The one who adds things to the message of Allah, scripture, and says, you know, Allah said in the Quran. And so people, people make this mistake. They hear something, but this is in the Quran. I remember when I was young, they used to say that the, the Quran, uh, Allah, something about someone who, who is an informant, yeah. I don't know where they got that from. Right? You have to inform if there's you know, security at stake and people are going to be harmed. You have to inform. It's your duty to inform, to protect others. Right? No, Qatar has nothing to do with that. No. You have to inform. Actually, if you don't, then this is Sakitu Anil Haqi Shaytan Akhras. Yes, you have a duty to change evil. I, want, I, I wanted to ask a question about, for example, I'm working with the companies, taking the, 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 the jobs outside London, uh, like we're doing the pavement, for example. So you want to use the toilet. So there is no, if you go to, to the coffee shop, for example, you, you, no. have to, you have to buy something. You have to be a customer. So when you go to the pub, it's no problem. Mm -hmm. So you go into the pub, use the toilet, and you no oh. problem to go. This is this is no problem. problem. No problem. Yeah. You are going into that place with an intention. Yeah. yeah. yeah you, see, you know, it's a necessity. What you're going to do? You're not going to go on the street. Yeah. yeah. Straight in, straight out. But don't buy anything. Don't sit there, that's not permitted, because then you will be in the company of people who are drinking and that's haram. But if you go in to the toilet, out, there's enough. Okay. You can make wudu. Make wudu? Yeah. If you want to pray there, pray. Bring it on the You know, it's water, how possible? 
<laughs> maybe with permission, if you ask, maybe. Yeah. If you give permission. Okay. لحرم الله. The one who who considers sins to be allowed and halal. Also, he cares the one who has uh, an affair with the wife of his neighbor and the one who um, has uh, a relationship with a mother and her daughter. And so, in itself, having a non-marital relationship with a woman is not permissible. Right? But the one who does this is cursed. The one who gives bribery, and the one who takes it, and the one who facilitates it, the one who hides uh, knowledge and information, also the muhtakir. The muhtakir is the person who um, has merchandise and, and, and stores it until there is a need for it and the prices go up. Right, if you are very so they wait and then they sell. Yeah, coronavirus people are selling one toilet roll for what? Yeah. You go to the store, pasta was like, a bag of pasta was like three, four pounds. If it, it was available. If, if it if was available. Very good, yeah. And so this is haram. So they rise up, the, rise up the, the price of chicken. But this can be only with commodities. Yeah, only, only the things that are. Uh, a necessity, not commodities, things that are a necessity. So food, drink, clothing, it's not permissible. But nowadays, like the drink, when you say fizzy drinks are excluding the water, we can say fizzy drink, it comes in luxury in it. Yeah, yeah. possible. If we shouldn't drink. <laughs> Also, Rasulullah uh, cursed the one who does not help uh, his Muslim brother or sister um, in, their, in, in their need when they are being wronged. Okay? Somebody attacked or insulted and you just walk by and they're Muslim. Yeah? And you don't do anything to help them, then. Um, also, the, the, the men who, um, men and women who intend not to get married, they say, I will not get married. They, they want, and, and, and they use a reason that they want to dedicate themselves to the worship of Allah. Because that is going away from the Sunnah of Rasulullah yeah. And so if a person doesn't, doesn't want to get married because Before you know, they don't have, uh, you know, they don't have the wealth or they don't have the, all of that, yeah, a woman perhaps doesn't want to because she's looking after her parents. So whatever the reason, you know, a person is permitted or they're studying or they're traveling too much or whatever the reason is permitted, you know, it's allowed as long as they don't fall in haram. But the sunnah is to be married. But the one who says, I will not get married, and they say, oh, because I am worshipping, then this person is Christian before. Even now, when they claim that they are. <laughs> but that time is uh, permissible. Yes. Uh, yes. 
So these are the um, types of people who sins. What about people who shave here and live here, here, here because you know no Jesus? Uh, this is not, um, it's not mentioned in the book, so I don't mention it. That is cursed. Yes, Prophet So the hadith says shave. Hadith doesn't say no, short. No, no, no. Leave, leave. No, no, no. And shave. No, no. Hadith says shave. Yeah. Shave one part and leave the other part. Yeah. The reason that's not permissible is because it was the practice of yeah, but I, I don't know that that hadith is. Um, I'm not sure if that, if that if the person who shaves one side and leaves another side is cursed or not. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But it's haram. But that is shaving. Yeah? Not trimming. Yeah, yeah, shaving one yeah. side and leaving. Yeah, that's not permissible. It's not permissible. I saw this Okay, so these are um, some of them we had already covered, um, but just to uh, remind ourselves and also to sort of make a point of saying that this has to be taken seriously and don't take it lightly. And yeah, you can say, oh, everybody's doing it and what have you. Justify it to yourself how you please. Reality will come, will become clear when a person dies. And then they go to Allah subhanahu wa And then you can't use that as an excuse. Oh, I didn't know, or oh, I thought this, or I thought that. And you can't lie to Allah. Allah subhanahu wa says um, about certain people. They will seek to do what, you know, they're so used to making excuses in this world for themselves. So used to it, always lying, making things up. They will even attempt that with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They will attempt it with Allah. And Allah says, Allah says, that they will, they will take oaths in front of Allah to justify or to hide or to deny or and Allah says they, they think that they are making a case for themselves Allah says they are the liars and Allah is aware just the way they take an oath to you and they just wallah wallah to you and, and so when somebody says wallah wallah to you you just accept it and say well Allah knows you. 